Creating business isn't about doing hashtag all the things. It's about doing the right thing at the right time to create systems for success. Welcome to the Master the Sales Game podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing specific strategies, tactics, and practical know-how from myself and other successful business owners, helping you grow and scale your business. I'm your host, Susan McVeigh, helping you master the sales game and sell with more ease without the sleaze. I'm excited to have you here. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now, let's get started. Today's episode, we're talking about a situation that I think every single person who has ever had to sell something goes through at some point in their career, which is why those sales conversations go horribly, horribly wrong, right? So today's episode is kind of a fun and funny one for me to do because we've all been in situations where they just, the conversation just doesn't go the way that we had planned. And yet sometimes we don't understand why until days, weeks, months, or years later. And I want to break it down for you in five easy ways exactly where I see sales conversations going wrong over and over and over again so that you can avoid this on your very next conversation. So let's dive in deep with this particular topic. Now, I was just thinking, you know, what are some of the things that allow a sales conversation to go really well? And it got me down this rabbit hole of, well, what makes sales conversations go so bad in the first place? And if you have a horror story, if you have an example, be sure to tag me over on Instagram at Susan McFay. I would love to compile some of these and give you a shout out on our very next episode. But for now, I want to share with you some um, some of my horror stories to pinpoint exactly why these go so terribly wrong. Now, the very first thing that I noticed that when they go sideways on you is because there is no clarity in what it is that you're actually trying to accomplish. Now, you may be thinking, well, if I'm on a sales conversation, aren't I supposed to just try and sell somebody? Well, if you've been listening to this episode or this uh, podcast for a while, you'll know that for me, selling is all about serving. And so at the end of the day, yes, making sales is a byproduct of how well we are not only prospecting, like finding those ideal clients and qualifying them and our messaging and our offer, but it's really not so much about getting people to say yes, as it is to get them to say something in the first place, like a yes or a no. The answer is the outcome. So when we are trying to convince people to buy, when we are pushing and really using all of our crazy persuasive ninja skills, which don't get me wrong. I mean, I think it's great to be passionate and to really understand your products and services inside and out. You need to have that level of expertise if you want people to really understand what it's like to work with you. But at the end of the day, if you're having to like pull people across the finish line, then that is to me very indicative of the type of relationship that you might have once you start working with them. And we've all had those nightmare clients where we think, what in the heck did I get myself into? And usually it's because we have gotten the yes at all costs. So the goal, remember, is not necessarily to make a sale. The goal is to get an answer, an answer that is straightforward enough that you understand what the next steps look like. 
In the event of a sale, it's going to be, here's what it looks like for us to work together. In the event of a no, it needs to be a clear cut no. Like here's what's getting in the way. It's just not a fit. It's not the right time. There's all of these things that need to be done first. Awesome. Now you know exactly what the next steps look like. The maybe is the trickiest and the worst thing because there is no clarity. And when you step into maybe land, it's because you didn't have a clear goal and a clear outcome that you wanted to accomplish on your sales conversation in the first place. This is the number one reason why they go sideways. It is not because they don't have money or you're talking to the wrong people, although those definitely can help impact. But if you don't know what it is that you're trying to to drive what it is that is the meaning of success. Remember that success at the end of a sales conversation, should you get to the point where you're making an offer, is to get a clear answer. No maybes, no wishy-washies, no sitting on the fence. Those are death to your business because you're going to chase after them and spend a ton of time with a whole bunch of people who don't actually qualify for your products and services. And it's going to be frustrating and it's going to take up a lot of your resources, your time being the most precious one. So number two, have you ever been on a sales conversation where all of a sudden you're the one being railroaded and you can't get a word in edgewise because the other person, your potential customer has simply taken over? Yes, surely I can't be the only one. Now, here's what I want you to understand. And we go through this in a lot of detail inside of my signature sales program, Sell With More Ease. It's part of my five C's methodology. You need to be the one that is asking the questions. Now, here's the thing. Too often, what people think is they go overboard with this whole strategy and they think, well, gosh, if I'm the one who needs to ask the questions, then I better be asking a whole bunch of questions. No, my friend, that is not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if you aren't the one that is asking questions and the person who is, uh, you know, on the conversation with you, your, your potential customer, your prospects, if they all of a sudden are drilling you, you have lost control over the entire conversation. Sound familiar, right? And then you wonder, what the heck just happened? Like, all of a sudden, you were being grilled. You were the one under the gun. You... It, feels like you're under the bright, hot lights and you don't know what to do. Well, you need to turn this around because you're the expert. You are the one that should be wearing the detective's cap to say, what is it that I need to understand, know, or figure out about what's going on for you such that I can actually demonstrate my expertise and I can recommend something that might be appropriate for you that I could help you with. And if you don't have this information, then guess what? You cannot help them. You don't have enough information. It would be like going to the doctor and asking them for a prescription and they said nothing to you except okay, and they start writing out the prescription. You would wonder if they had gone Looney Tunes because you expect the expert to find out more about what's going on for you. So if you're the one in the expert seat, if you're the one driving the conversation, then that means you're the one that needs to ask the questions. And if you ask the right questions, the exact questions that I lay out for you inside of Sell With More Ease, right, and all the details are below in the show notes, 
my five C's methodology has been used to sell hundreds of millions of dollars. When you know the right questions to ask, this is not about asking a bajillion of them. It's about asking a set amount of questions in a set order that allows you to guide the flow of the conversation in the most natural and easygoing way for your personality, as well as for your potential clients, so that you get to the outcome, which again, is to get an answer. It's not necessarily to get a sale. It's so that you both have clarity that there is a meeting of the minds, there is a best fit for you and them, and that they're able to clearly and confidently say yes or no to working with you and getting your products and services. You cannot do this if you don't ask the right questions and you don't ask questions that allow that person to be part of the conversation and so that you're not being the one grilled to death and kind of like being breathed on uh, to the point where you feel like you're backed in a corner and you really don't have a lot of leverage or leeway to provide them with the best type of service or the best type of advice. Now, the third thing that I see often when those sales conversations go so horribly wrong, and we all have those horror stories, I'm sure, right, is you get so pedantic about uh, going through a script and listen, I teach scripts, I teach formulas, I teach frameworks. There's a reason why, because the five C's to selling inside of my sell with more ease methodology, it allows you to have the freedom to be you, but also so that you are guiding people in a very natural back and forth conversation. Now, remember what I just said, it's a back and forth conversation. The conversations that go sideways that that just sound terrible and I want you to think back to even when you had to purchase something where you felt like man this person just doesn't get me they're trying to sell me they're trying to push me into doing this purchase they're trying to convince me of something like why is it it is because number three that person actually is not listening and responding appropriately so they're so set on their agenda and what they need to get done that they fail to listen to you, the customer. Because at the end of the day, if you don't feel like there is an appropriateness to what it is that I'm recommending as the expert, it doesn't matter what the price point is. It doesn't matter if we're starting tomorrow. It doesn't even matter if your friends have bought it. All that matters is you don't feel like you're heard and understood. And as a result, you're going to simply walk away. Right? How many times have you walked away from something where you know that that was something that could have helped you, but simply because that person did not make you feel valued, they did not listen to you, they did not respond appropriately, they didn't even ask for your input or ask for what it was that you were interested in, they simply lost you as a customer. And too often, this can be a simple fix. Like all you need to do is instead of thinking about the next question, which I know is really hard. It's really hard, especially when you're nervous, especially when you're trying to do your best and you're, you're trying to be prepared and you want to make sure that you get all those questions and that you've prepared in advance. It's, this is a really, really hard piece. Uh, and practice does make it better. Getting feedback, uh, having a mentor who can watch over this and really identify where you have, have jumped ahead. Even something as simple as recording your sales conversations and listening them back for yourself to understand, hey, did I actually listen to what they were saying to me? Or was I already thinking about the next question that I had to ask without thoughtfully understanding what that response was? and tying into that response so that I could respond appropriately to the next question. Because 
In fact, your questions may be valid and you may still need to ask them regardless, but if you don't connect the dots for people and that comes from being able to listen and connect the dots for them, they're never gonna feel like you actually took the time to hear what they were saying, that you actually were listening to the words and the answers to the questions that you were asked. And sometimes they're gonna feel like, well, what's the point? What was the point of you asking me in the first place when you didn't even listen to me? And I know that I personally, as a customer, have felt this way over and over again. And it's very frustrating because nobody wants to waste their time and nobody wants to feel devalued or demoralized because they simply are not being listened to. This is such an easy thing to fix, but too often we get so wrapped up in our own agenda, our own goals, our own outcomes, our own agenda of what we want to have done in that conversation and meeting that we simply forget this very basic, basic thing, okay? Number four, number four, when a sales conversation just goes, and I've done this too, it's usually because I'm ill-prepared. Now, I know that there's, um, you know, there's there's a sweet spot because some of you, hello, hi, hi C on the disc. <laughs> if you're more detail-oriented, more analytical, um, you are going to want to do a lot more research. And there's a sweet spot because there comes a point of no return where uh, there's diminishing returns, right? Meaning that the more research that you do, there's incrementally better results. So that if you were spending an hour in doing extra uh, research, you're probably going to get maybe a 1% return. To me, there comes a point where it doesn't make that much of a difference. So you kind of have to cut it short. Now, where is this sweet spot? It's going to depend. And to be honest, it's going to vary from person to person and business to business. And so you need to do as much research as you're comfortable with so that you can then respond on the fly. Now, again, depending on your personality type, you may need to do more research uh, if you are high C on the disc, if you are more detail oriented, if you are more analytical, uh, if you're somebody who's more results oriented, you probably want to do as little research as possible, just enough so that you can get the outcome. What I want you to think about is your buyer, your ideal clients are a variety of personality types. And depending on the nature of the questions that they're going to ask you and the type of information that they want you to be able to connect the dots with, if you're dealing with somebody who is also a high C, more analytical, chances are you're going to need to do more research, right? You're going to want to make sure that you're armed with that information so that you can really put them at ease so that they can make the best decision for them. So again, just make sure that you're not skipping this step because I think too often we just think, well, I'm just going to use the information in my you know, pre-call questionnaire or my assessment or my qualification or the other conversations that I've had. And there may be something in there that could really help you not only build the relationship and build the trust, but connect the dots between the gap of where they are right now and the solution that you're trying to offer. And when you are taking the time to do this, and so this is where art meets science. This is something where I can't tell you, you know, you're going to need to do 10 minutes of research or 10 pages of notes or one page of notes. 
This is where it's going to depend on your best practices, a little bit of gut feel, right? So very unscientific and being able to really understand what it is that puts you at ease. Because guess what? When you feel confident and when you feel connected to your ideal clients, it's going to be a lot easier for you to be able to sell your services and your products with more ease, with more confidence, with more faith so that you don't have to fumble over your words. And that's ultimately the trickiest part of sales conversations is when we get tripped up simply because we lack the knowledge, the experience, or the information that we require in order to confidently be able to pitch our offer and get people to say yes. And then the last one, last but not least, right? Why do those pesky sales conversations go so horribly wrong? And this is the foundation of everything that I do in all of the programs, in all of my frameworks, in all of my methodology. It starts with you, right? If you are uncertain, if you are not confident, if you are not uh, just really in yourself to know that what you do is the bee's knees, right? That you are the bomb diggity at what it is that you deliver, then it doesn't matter what the price point is. It doesn't matter what your offer is structured like. It doesn't even matter how many bonuses you throw in. If you lack belief in yourself, in your service, in your product, in your ability to change the life of the potential client that you are speaking to, it doesn't matter how brilliantly you package that, it's going to shine through. And too often, this lack of confidence in how you sell is perceived as your lack of confidence for how you deliver. I'm going to say that again. Your lack of confidence for how you sell is often perceived as your lack of confidence for how you deliver. And this is fixable because if you are brilliant, and I know you are, at what it is that you do, then you need to be able to bring that same kind of enthusiasm and confidence and understanding to your ability to sell your thing. Because until you can communicate that with your ideal clients, guess what? You're never going to get as many opportunities to actually do the thing that you're good at. Because the thing that's getting in the way between you and them, them being your ideal clients, is your ability to sell. And the great news is that sales is not something that all of us have to be naturally good at. In fact, I'm not naturally good at it. I've never been naturally good at selling. I've said this over and over and over again. My personality is not aligned to sales. In fact, if you were to put me on any sales test, I usually am borderline. I'm really good at the relationship piece. I'm really good at the analytics piece. I'm really good at numbers. But the actual, you know, the main characteristics or behaviors that typically you would find in a naturally born salesperson, I don't have. So if I can do this, and if I can teach other people to do this, I know that you can do this because sales is a skill. Just like when you go to the gym and you pick up a dumbbell and you're having to do bicep curls or you're having to do overhead throws or gosh, can you tell that I, I, this is not my area of expertise? you can learn this skill. And the, the thing is that the more competent you get, the more confidence you get. Again, I'm going to say that again. The more competent you get, the more confidence you get. And so if right now you're lacking in confidence because you simply lack the competencies, you don't have the skill set and the experience to sell really well, what are you waiting for? 
learn them because it is the number one thing, the number one blocker for you to have all of the business, to have all the clients that you want, to have all the success that's waiting for you just on the other side. And the most successful entrepreneurs that I know are the ones that take control of their life and their business. They are proactive in the way that they chase after their dreams and they identify their gaps and they fill them as quickly as possible because they understand that missed time is a missed opportunity and that time waits for no one, my friend. And so if that sounds like you, I'm gonna invite you to come and join us for uh, some help and support either inside of Sell With More Ease, the waitlist details will be down in the show notes below, or you can come and join us inside of my inner circle, uh, salesmasterysociety.com, where I can help you navigate the exact sales process, skills, language, and offer that you might need to tweak in order to have more sales conversations go well in your favor. Because remember, again, the name of the game isn't for you to always get a yes. It's for you to get an answer. And if you are able to go up to bat more times, then you're going to see more opportunities coming your way. And I would love to be able to help and support you inside of Sales Mastery Society. Details below, or you can go to salesmasterysociety.com. I hope this was helpful for you. And we will see you on our very next episode. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Be sure to let me know what you think by leaving a review so I know how best to serve you. If you're enjoying this show, don't forget to share and hit subscribe so you know when the next show is up. See you next time. Thank you.